2: Welcome to Beat After Hours. Mm. I am your host, Hema Mouly Jr.
1: Joining me as always, the local lovable Canuck himself, Zachary Hicken. I am happy to be here on the one and only KSL After Hours project. <laughs> often imitated, never duplicated. Yes, we are the originals. We are one of a kind. And as Hema said, we are often imitated, but never duplicated, never replicated. We are the best. We sure are. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for listening. Um, Make sure you guys go to... uh, This podcast is powered by kslsports.com. Go check out that website for all of your local sports needs. Also, make sure to... uh, If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, review, share it with a friend, um, so then we can keep our jobs. Write us a sexy little review. We will read it on the air because our egos need it. Five stars only. Speaking of keeping our jobs, we actually brought our boss in (laughs) for the sole reason of actually pumping up his ego, Matthew Glade, executive producer of KSL TV Sports.
2: Is your ego satisfactorily inflated?
0: Uh, My (laughs) ego is never satisfactorily (laughs) inflated. It actually sits (laughs) on my shoulder and talks to me most of the time.
1: (laughs) We just made up a word.
0: (laughs) Satisfactorily. Satisfactorily. This is what happens when <laughs> each of right. us are averaging. We just, we just write for a living.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, each of us are like averaging like four hours of sleep a night for the last two weeks. So we have some excuses. Um, in case you guys didn't hear, there was a big rivalry game over the weekend down in Provo. Provo against Timpview. Uh, Provo tried to <laughs> snap a 30-year losing streak
0: to uh, the Thunderbirds. No. That was really good.
1: We are you mean the
0: Thunder Chickens. The
1: Thunder Chickens, yes. Chickens made it on the field in that game, but no, that's not really the game we're here did to about. you know talk that was about.
0: coined locally? I found that out this weekend.
1: Yes, I did find that out as well. <laughs> Sam Farnsworth, class of 1995, 6-something, Mountain year. View Bruin. Mountain View Bruin, 3 He told us about it. They're 3-0. The 3-0 Mountain View Bruins. We'll get to the Bruins later, though. But let's start with... If you,
0: if you tell that to Sam, if you see Sam on the street and say Mountain View Mount, Mountain 3-0, he'll give you a hearty handshake. <laughs> yes, he
1: will. <laughs> Look you right in the eyes.
0: he will say, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Sam Farnsworth, KSL TV. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: Uh, but let's actually, let's move on. Because let's give the people what they want. They want to hear about football. They either want their ego stroked, or they just want to make themselves feel better about an absolutely disappointing game. BYU-Utah, Thursday night college football season opener BYU loses 30 to 12 um, they've given up what they've been outscored like 57 to 12 or something like that over the last 5 quarters over the last
0: 5 quarters yeah Jeez. wow that's bad er, er, it's not we're great, good Bob. we're good if you're a Utah yeah, fan yeah if you're a Utah fan that's fantastic yeah but actually, is it though that's the question <laughs> is is that fantastic do you like okay a good i question. have no dog in this fight whatsoever but if you're a Utah or a BYU, well, we know how BYU fans. F- but if you're a Utah <laughs> fan, do you really want to see BYU that bad? Is that no? You can't. You cannot yeah. possibly want them to look like that. It's
2: it's not fun. That's for sure. If if you if you're a team, every year you go to play another team, and you know you're just going to spank these guys. What? Why would you want to go anymore?
0: Because Madden's so much more fun on the easy setting. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I
1: like that. That's a great quote. We need to uh, like get that printed on vinyl or something <laughs> like that and sell
0: it at Hobby Lobby. It's hanging above my bed.
2: <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it was not great. And I don't even know where to start. Well, here's where
1: we'll start. Okay. We worked our tails off <laughs> all week to put together great content leading up to the game. And our content was great. The game was not. Yeah. Um, the day started with you guys got in at like 8 o'clock in the morning that day, <laughs> worked all day. I came in, you guys are just looking like zombies. And I'm like, hey, Emma, let's go catch a ride down to Provo, dude. <laughs> we got stuck in a car for like two hours and 15 minutes trying to get down to the game. It was awful.
0: Yeah. The point Thank of you, the UDOT. Is ridiculous.
1: Thank you, UDOT. You guys are two thumbs up. <sighs> no, I, I can't wait for those projects to be done, especially I am moving to Lehigh in less than a month. I'm not looking forward to having to, to deal with that on the daily, but once it's done, it's going to be very nice. But we get down to the game. The only enjoyable part of the night was the Tacanos pregame meal. Oh, delicious. We get put on the field. It's hot as heck. Um, It's crowded. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I will say this. The first half was actually pretty exciting. For the lack of scoring, it was a defensive battle, and both teams really sure. came out to play early it on. It was
2: 6-9 at the half.
1: It was right. yeah. yeah. Utah was up six to nine at the half. Got a big boost from that Francis Bernard pick, and then they just rode that momentum going forward. And they capitalized. This is this is the key difference between BYU and Utah. Utah is an experienced team. It is senior laden, both on offense and defense. They have guys that should be playing in the NFL right sure. now. That would be on fifty-three man rosters, making the cut this weekend, getting ready to play their first NFL game next week. Mm-hmm. But they're back in college this year because they wanted to accomplish something special and they are well on their way. Now they aren't perfect they need to improve there's no question about sure. that. A lot of Utah fans will acknowledge that but you saw the gap in experience and talent with BYU and Utah um, BYU's first string competed very well but um, they come out in the second half a couple guys, I, I think I saw online that Kairos Tonga left the game for a little bit and then You know, Utah made adjustments in the second half. They attacked that three-man front that uh, BYU was running, and they ran all over. Zach Moss ran all over BYU in the second half. They controlled time of possession. BYU only had the ball for like six minutes in the second half, which is just insane. Um, I almost spilled my drink.
2: Um, (laughs) Nice catch. Yeah, let me wait. Let me back you up just for a second here, because I think this is really important that we talk about this. You said there's a there's a difference in talent or some, what did you, I don't know exactly. there's a
1: difference in talent and the depth. And just yeah. because of the experience that makes a big difference because you don't have people making face masks on third and 27, right. Extending right. a drive.
2: So what I, what I want to just say is I had this conversation with David Nixon today. He did, uh, for those of you who didn't see, we had started our, uh, BYU and Utah breakdowns with uh, Stephen Sylvester, Sylvester yeah. and David Nixon um, I had a conversation with David Nixon the fact that it was 6-9 at the half but then after the half Utah just destroyed BYU which tells me more that there's a difference there's a discrepancy in or sorry there's like a big gap, talent gap in the coaching staff and I think that's where it's at because BYU didn't do anything different in the second half, and that's why they got steamrolled.
1: There's a big difference between having a head coach who's in his fourth year compared to a head coach that's in his 15th year, Mm -hmm. an offensive coordinator who's been calling games. This is his 14th game calling games against a guy that has called games for 20-plus years, however long Mm -hmm. Andy Ludwig's been doing it. A defensive coordinator that's been under the tutelage of one of the best defensive minds in the country for the last decade plus compared to a guy that is also in his fourth year mm-hmm. um calling defenses. So there I mean the experience there there was a big difference. And you notice Utah, the very first drive they get the ball, they march right downfield and they score. Yeah. And there was nothing that BYU could do to stop them. Zach Moss had like back to back fourteen yard rushes. Yeah. He was they were pounding the ball right up the middle and oh my goodness. I was shooting the backside of Utah's offensive line and the gaps that Zach Moss had to run through were, like, four yards wide. That's insane. And he would just sit there and wait. He's so patient. I mean, you guys, I know that we have a lot of BYU fans listening to this. Mm-hmm. Zach Moss is a really good running back. Yeah. Like, really good. Like, this is a guy who would start for a lot of NFL teams right now. For me, mm-hmm. he's the best running
2: back in the state.
1: Oh, absolutely. Easily. But his vision and patience are so good. And it's not a quality that you see on tape. Mm-hmm. Um when you watch the first thing you're notice right. is his physicality is his explosiveness his low center of gravity and his balance like all of those things and then on top of that he's really smart he's patient and he has amazing vision and so he just waits for these holes to open up and then he explodes right through and he gets 7 yards of carry mm-hmm. like he's a great player yeah
2: and the thing is like what i liked about Utah's play calling and what i disliked about BYU's play calling was Even though in the first half, Zach Moss wasn't getting the explosive gains that he's used to getting, you know, he did get tackled for loss a couple, a few times in the first half. They kept feeding him the ball because they know that eventually he's going to break out. They know that eventually um, he's going to find a seam. And BYU did not do that, which I think that they should have. So I don't know if you guys looked at the numbers for this. It's pretty... Um, Well-known uh, Tyson Williams only got the ball seven
1: times. He only had seven touches seven on the carries. night. He did have one fumble, but when he actually got he a clean a handoff, yeah, when he got a clean handoff, he ran the ball very well. Yeah, um, and I think part of the reason that they may have gone away from Tyson is because last year, um, in the second half,
2: mm-hmm.
1: when Matt Hadley got hurt, they were no longer able to run the ball. So I just wonder if they felt that they needed to put the ball in Zach's hands. And we'll get to this with Utah State. You want to put the ball in when when you have opportunities for your best player to have the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. You want to put it in his hands. So I feel like maybe they wanted to rely on Zach a little bit more. And I think that Zach was feeling that he needed to do too much and that that cost that came up with some of the mistakes that he made, the two interceptions. Yeah. He was trying to force balls. Um, like not taking a sack He tried to force that ball sure. out And trying to And then he kind of Panicked a little bit And he started slinging the ball And mm. that he threw one Way too hard Way too close And it went off His receiver's hands And got returned For an interception So that, I, I think that He was feeling the pressure I think that's part of it That is a big part of it I also think that um, Kay,
2: You want the ball In Zach's hands You want Zach to throw the ball He did throw the ball Uh, He targeted Matt Bushman quite a bit, but that's still only one dimension of your offense. Mm -hmm. You can't just rely on a pass game only or, on the other side, a run game only. There's got to be a little bit of both. And BYU did themselves no favors
1: not giving the rock to a running back. Well, and one of the things that they did best last year to set up... their success passing the ball is that they ran a lot of play action last year they did a lot of, and they established it by running the ball with Mm -hmm. matt hadley and they just didn't do that last year they threw the ball 33 times they had 22 carries with eight of those carries going to zach mainly on scrambles right so basically let's go 41 to 14 is the difference that they had in running the ball to throwing the ball They went out during the offseason, and they recruited two grad transfers for the main purpose of of bolstering their backfield, and they didn't turn to those guys. Emmanuel Asupa did not get a single carry in the game. Zero. He's a guy who, I mean, there's a reason he's the third string back, but at the same time, he was brought in for a reason, and he's a talented guy that was very successful at Rice. Tyson Williams is a guy... Just watching him carry the ball, he has NFL potential. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: He's explosive. Like all the things that we said about Zach, Tyson exemplifies, not to the same degree, but a lot of those same characteristics, and he has a great opportunity. And so because of that, I'm going to say Cougar fans, don't panic. You have a really good running back that I think (laughs) that, I'm hoping that once they go back to the film, the BYU coaches are going to realize, hey, we have a guy that we can rely on. And let's feed them the rock a little bit more. We also have Lapini Katoa, who was dang good as a as a redshirt freshman last year. Let's give those guys the rock a little bit more against Tennessee. Run it down their throat. They're lose. They lost a couple of defensive linemen during the off season, and they're very beatable. You have a chance to go into uh, Knoxville and beat an SEC team. I think you're
2: right. I think we don't panic, but come the first half of the Tennessee game, if we also if I think Tyson Williams had three touches in the first half of this BYU-Utah game. If he only gets three touches in the Tennessee game, then you start to panic because mm-hmm. that means Grimes doesn't know what the hell he's doing with an, a balanced offense. And uh, that's all I have to say about this disaster. <laughs> I'm going
1: I'm to make one last point, point. Um, and I think that one of the odd things about this is there such a discrepancy in the offense that Grimes has run in his two years at BYU? I feel like he has run three different offenses. Yeah. So they ran I that agree. pro style offense last year to start the year, predicated on a lot of motions and a lot of sweeps. Mm-hmm. Tanner loses the starting job, and they move to Zach, and they kind of went to more of um, like a, a combined. Like pro style offense, where like they'd go more into shotgun, mm-hmm. a little more RPO, more spread, but they still had um, a lot of under center um, formations, eye formations, stuff like that. Yeah. They also had a fullback last year. They don't have a fullback on this team this year. Um, and so that, that does make a difference. I wonder if Emmanuel Super could emerge as that, as that lead back, as the up back in an eye formation or, or an offset eye or something like that. Just a guy yeah. who could be a lead blocker. Um, and be effective like Braden Bakery was. But,
2: but they're also, you got to remember, they're also kind of thin in the
1: tight end spot.
2: And it's they like, are. you can't run a pro style with one tight end. That's
1: true. And... Well, and, and yeah, having Moroni scratched for that first game does make a difference. When he gets back, it does help because they'll run more 21 sets and yeah. run more, yeah, two more tight end, or two tight end sets and... Make a difference, but it was just very odd that Zach never went under center at any point
2: during the game. I wonder if it was just because he was feeling the heat and they had some snap issues. I think a couple high snaps or. Well, if you're having snap
1: issues, then you go under
2: center. Yeah, but I mean, like, they're fumbling a lot, which. Right. It happens in the BYU Utah game, but Utah doesn't have have any. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, turnovers are like. They come every
0: every
1: rivalry, but yeah, um, Matt, I feel like we have left you out in this. Do you have yeah, anything that sorry, you want to add
0: to this? Oh no, um, whether or not I was gonna fire you was based on the way you broke down this game, so I just wanted to make sure I sat back and <laughs> took notes took it and, uh, took notes took, broke, note. broke down your breakdown just to make sure <laughs> I could keep you employed. oh good, uh, we
2: will be recording our last podcast tomorrow, <laughs> oh
0: no, you passed oh, you good. passed, oh wanted, good, <laughs> yes, we can continue,
1: <laughs> um. And then, yeah, I, I think that's all I have for this game. Um, there's not much to take away because BYU played awful. Utah played
0: great. We know this already. Yeah,
2: Utah capitalized. There's not. There's nothing really to learn from.
0: Utah has a bunch of NFL players on their team, yeah. and they look like a team that has a bunch of NFL players on their team. That's what I took away from that game. Yeah. yeah.
1: But anyway, let's uh, let's move on to uh, the Friday night matchup that was Utah State against Wake Forest. Oh my gosh! Oh, you don't want to do um, have for Salem Hills? We could talk to you about Salem Hills. I think it would make you. Would you enjoy it more? Uh, no, I would <laughs> okay. not. Okay,
0: that game was a big letdown.
1: So I I know that you were a little let down. In case you guys don't know, Matt hosts. The uh, illustrious The Scotsman podcast on hey. KSL Sports it's really Podcast good. Network. It's really good. If you want to hear him talk in a Scottish accent and break <laughs> down Utah long, State don't film. worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the entire podcast. Yes. He wears a kilt as well. Um, <laughs> yes. But that's a personal choice. Yes. That is a personal choice. And I respect it. I love it. I actually, a uh, little off story. And this is what Sports Beat After Hours is just little <laughs> yeah. spinoff stories. In sixth grade, I wore a Scottish kilt. Because what? I did, uh, I, w- I was Scotland. We did like country reports. Okay. And I was Scotland. And I wore a kilt around to school for the nice. rest of the day. And I was kilt boy for all of uh, the rest of the year and junior high. So my wife still does call me that. Kilt Because we kilt knew each boy. other in junior high. So mm. uh, uh, Matt, you actually wore a kilt for your wedding, huh? I did. That's
0: awesome. I did. Wore my family's tartan. That's pretty awesome so are you are you actually scottish yes yes my great-grandparents came over on the boat that's awesome yeah that is the I'm coolest very, thing i've ever heard mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, got my clan cool. and everything we've that's actually cool.
2: talked about this me and matt because this is a weird aside but yeah i have a little bit of scottish in me too my great-grandpa was from scotland whoa my mom's maiden name is murray and so we have a tartan too which is pretty great
0: mm-hmm. interesting that's yeah. pretty cool my tartan is very is better it is. We we compared. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> we compared our Tartans. We looked at
2: our tartans <laughs> and compared.
1: Well, let's uh, let's take a look at the uh, Aggies tartans, if we shall. Uh, I don't. And they know. showed their true tartans. They did show their true <laughs> tartans. Um, well, the main takeaway with this game is another year, another Power Five team on the road, and so close, but still coming up short. But it did not lack great performances from the Aggies. No,
0: not at all. Uh, yeah, my. If you listened to my uh, my initial reacts podcast from the game, I recorded it because we were out shooting high school football Friday night, all of us, and so I, w- I came back and watched the game after the live <coughs> live broadcast. And yeah, they lost another P five game on another P five team on the road, but they're good. I mean that's my that's my takeaway from yeah. the game. They're good. They're they're really good like they were last year. That's that's what it is. Jordan Love played like Jordan Love plays on the road. That's uh what happened. That's what he does. Um I would like honestly coming into the season that was the number one thing I wanted to see. I wanted him to see I wanted to see him play that's better right. on the road. I thought that was the biggest question mark because they they need that from him and he all last season whether it was Wyoming whether it was Boise State whether it was you know the final drive of Michigan State he's struggled a little bit yeah he threw for 400 yards and he threw three touchdowns and all of those gr- throws were great but yeah. he also made three really bad throws that ended up in interceptions and there were I think if I remember right, there were two more where, that could have been picked off pretty easily that's true that first interception especially where he throws it off the back, off his back foot with no pressure I'm still not sure what he was trying to do. Yeah, He was trying to force something. And this is going to sound weird because normally you want the opposite, but I would really like to see him tuck it and run more. Hmm. He hangs in the pocket sometimes just a little too long because Mm -hmm. when he takes off running, he's a really good runner. Yeah. And he could use it, but he really likes to go through his progressions and he really likes to force stuff sometimes that is just not there. Um, but other than that, I, but that's the thing is I say all these things yeah, still, right. he was really good. You know, and
2: like, he has like this, the way he sits in the pocket is very NFL style. Like yes. he he feels the pressure moves a little, like he changes the direction slightly, but he still stays in yeah. the pocket, but he could, you're right. He does have legs. He does he all those
0: things. Them. Like you, you, most of the time it's the opposite is like what we said about Tyler Huntley for so long is wow, that guy just takes off running yeah. way too quickly. It feels weird saying the opposite because normally you want a mobile p- quarterback to <laughs> stay in the pocket just a little bit more. But he's so athletic and he's so dynamic with his legs. It would just be nice to see him do that just a few more times during games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that offensive line, that was a surprising performance by me. Absolutely. An offensive line, the, especially the right side with two red-shirt freshmen. Yeah. They played really well. They didn't give up a lot of everything. They were able to create a lot of holes, especially for Jalen Warren. Gerald Bright didn't get as many touches as I thought, but Jalen looked really good. Some iffy play calling a couple of times, especially in the second half. Um, every, I mean, the third and four, everybody's right. talked about that at ad, ad nauseum. And honestly, looking at it two days later, I'm still even more baffled <laughs> than when I first saw it. When I first saw it, I was like, kind of like, oh, okay, Jalen's kind of a hot hand, but... You got to put the ball in the hands of your best player, sure. no matter what. like Even if he's thrown two picks up to that point, if it's third and fourth midfield, game's on the line, if you get a first down, if you can get down and score three points, I mean, at worst, they're going to tie the game mm-hmm. instead of take the lead. You got to give it to Jordan. Let Jordan make the play, whether it's with his arm or whether it's with his feet. Let the NFL guy, the potential first-round NFL guy, make that play mm-hmm. and win the game for you. Mm-hmm. Jalen Warren's—he's a, you know, he's a junior college transfer who's playing his first game with the team. Maybe don't put it in his hands just yet. Yeah. Even he, even though he was having such a good game, that's just kind of my thought on that. And David Woodward is—I've oh, yeah. been waiting for this—maybe the best player that has ever played the game of football. To put <laughs> it as unhyperbolic as I possibly can. No one has p- played the game or the position greater than David Woodward in any level of college of, of football. Period. He had a phenomenal that, game. Yes, I, uh, twenty plus tack, well, it 24, 24 24 tackles. What was twenty four? Twenty four tackles. Uh, it was one sack. It was two and a half for loss. There's two force fumbles. If yeah. I'm doing this from memory, so you can all, all Aggie Twitter can kill me, but I'm doing this from memory. So, okay, so and, uh, tw- yeah, 24 tackles, one sack, three and a
1: half tackles Baggles. for loss, three and a half. That's Whoa. what it was. Okay. Um, Sorry, I missed the one. And then, yeah, I'm going to count. He had two fumble recoveries, and yeah. one return yeah. for a touchdown. That he got burned. that that
0: play was so insane. And that's that's what's so great about David Woodward is he does everything well. And he's looks, he looks so big out there. He looks like a defensive lineman playing yeah. linebacker, and he's so fast. He's so good at rushing the passer, and he's so good at pursuit. And the other, for the first forced fumble he had, if you watch the entire play, he gets beat by Newman, who jukes him. Um... Coming off the read option, but he doesn't give up on the play. he pursues him and then he punches the ball out as he's tackling him later. I mean so even when he gets awesome. beat, he comes back and he still forces forces a turnover i I'm at the point now where we talked about this on the podcast a few weeks ago. It was like, yeah, who's going to play next to him? who cares who cares <laughs> who plays next to him? Yeah, because it doesn't matter. And it especially doesn't matter with the way the defensive line is playing they've had a lot of four man fronts and they looked really good playing really those four good. man four man unga um he had a Lua, yeah. Uh keep nalia they they did a really good job neutralizing nalia mostly because that delayed option right. just slowed him down because they couldn't use he couldn't use his speed like he normally does mm-hmm. it was a... Uh, he never got in rhythm. He still played well, but he didn't never never got in rhythm. I was really impressed with the way they held the line. They only allowed like three point one yards per carry, and they carried the ball fifty some odd times through the game. Carney was Carney. spectacular, um, but he was the only one who really got going. They limited yeah. uh, the other running back. I'm blanking on his name and Newman, the quarterback, pretty well in the run game. The where it really came, what it really came down to, was this. Undersized DBs trying to cover gigantic wide receivers, <laughs> yeah. and they were gigantic. Watching them play, they just jump ball after jump ball, and when they were throwing, the, they were just tossing bubble screens, and they were getting fifteen yards of carry because they couldn't bring them down. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, they were bouncing off them tackle wise, and I, you know, when you're getting that much from your receivers, I, and it was guaranteed almost every time they did it. I and mean, that's ultimately what it came down to. I mean, in two plays, they went eighty yards, and they held them three plays, but fourth play fourth and goal was a jump ball and yeah because they, they knew that's that's what's so crazy i mean you're fourth fourth and one and all you got to do is punch it in and they went with a fade because they knew that was the mismatch they knew yeah. they couldn't run it yeah. on utah state so yeah. they went with a fade yeah. and normally it's like you'd never run run with a fade on fourth down but that was the right call so uh there's nothing to worry about no. they're a bowl team they're gonna be really good and uh I mean, <laughs> it would be nice to see them beat a P five team on the road, but I don't see them beating LSU even yeah. with how good they look. But yeah, I
2: think crazier things you are never, never know. Yeah, they, you, they, you never know. know. The biggest takeaway of that I got like was just the the new guys on the team stepped up when they had to. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and it was incredible. I mean, Rep had a really important catch. Uh, CLC Mariner, Mariner, Mariner had
0: a, had a highlight reel. Like he was, yeah, awesome he was Tap,
1: yeah. Oh, that's the, the
0: offense didn't look any different yeah that was another big takeaway is we're all concerned about what weapons are going to replace they looked almost exactly the same yeah the guys that they brought in to fill in those spots to fill in all that production they did exactly what they needed to do yeah
1: well and that's what you need when you go after grad transfers you need guys that can step in and contribute immediately coc mariner established himself as potentially a number one receiver depending on right it's either him or Savon scarver jordan nathan's Great option on the slot as well. Yeah. Caleb Rep is a guy who hasn't played tight end in like four years. He caught two touchdowns against Oregon when he was with Utah in 2015. And then he got moved to defensive end and moves to tight end and he plays great. And he's helping fill the production that was lost from Dax Raymond. And then Nick Henninger, who joined the Aggies late in <laughs> fall camp, comes out and looks great playing on that defensive front. And so it's really nice that Three out of the four grad transfers that they added this year had major, major games mm-hmm. to start the season. And I'm expecting that Riley Burt, at some point, because he's so good against Mountain West teams, will have some <laughs> game where he <laughs> rushes for like 120 yards on I 10 carries. State. I, yeah. w- I
2: really would. I want to see him lead block for Gerald Bright. That, like, that would be amazing.
1: Riley Burt is huge. So he's big. He's I, just uh, a big body. I interviewed him um, like the second week of fall camp, I think it was. And he's like, Yeah, he's like, I'm the biggest running back in the room by far 'cause like everyone's like five foot eight and I'm yeah. six two. Um so he f- kind of stands out a little bit. But anyway, um they'll find a way to utilize him as well, at least during the conference slate to help ease up I mean who knows, if Jalen Warren and Gerald Bride are that one two punch that they were in that first game, yeah. then, That's then they're a gonna pretty be great.
0: Dane good one two punch. Yeah. Jalen looked better than I expected for a first game. Yeah, yeah. I'm not absolutely. exactly sure why we should be surprised because he was so dang good in high school and he was pr- the best was running was really back in at, J.C.
1: Yeah, exactly. He was he was really good at Snow College too. Should have been playing D1 football the last two sure. years. Yes, absolutely. Um, he's a very good football player. Uh, but speaking of high school, um, as we mentioned, we uh, were very busy. Not only Thursday with um, the BYU Utah game and everything that went into leading up to it with our BYU-Utah preview. Um, But we also uh, had our game night live, game of the week. Um, We were out shooting high school games. Um, And we had some really, really good games, like fun rivalries in week three, um, border wars, uh, a little bit of everything, a nine-touchdown performance. Yeah, Um, We had animals on the field again. (laughs) Uh, I mean, high school football has actually been – really really fun this year for oh, three so weeks fun. um do you uh how many do you want to start with your game your game sure was possibly the game of the week um for the three of us that are here mm-hmm. well and we'll we'll recap at the end the game night live game of the week roy fremont but let's start with bingham corner canyon
2: yeah bingham corner canyon it was uh it was as electric as you think it would would be uh the announcer said this at the game and i'm not sure if this is right but he said it so i'm gonna assume it's right it was the first meeting ever between those two. Um Corner Canyon. I mean Corner Canyon's only been a school for five years, so it's true. definitely possible. And Bingham Bingham's the six ai I don't remember what they were ranked, but it's like top three. They,
1: so they were number one in the entire state. Corner Canyon was number three in the entire state. Okay. Yeah. Um
2: and man, that place was rocking. And um surprisingly, if you don't know, you know, Corner Canyon beat Bingham. Um
1: didn't just
0: beat them, handily. They throttled yeah, them.
2: That's you're right. They smashed them. Um, at least while I was there, the best player on the field was probably Austin Bell, um, the running back. That dude knows how to run. He's you know he's not the biggest running back um, in high school, but he utilizes what he's got. He's got quick quick feet, good hands he had a receiving touchdown and three rushing touchdowns so dynamic that's the
1: thing mm-hmm. so dynamic that's the thing that's crazy yeah. um and he got like a, a he split time last year um with Caden Johnson who he was our 5a uh game night live MVP, um but he's like a two-way player he played linebacker as well um but yeah he just He's so good. He ran for 864 yards last year. Wow. Um, So far this year, through three games, he has 416. What? He's averaging (laughs) 7.5 yards per carry. Woo! And they're running the ball a lot more, I've noticed, with um, uh, Corner Canyon. Which is crazy because
2: they have a great throwing quarterback
1: in... uh, Cole Hagen. Cole Hagen. And And so, well, I I do think that part of it is losing... um, uh, they lost uh, John Mitchell, who was like their big, tall, wide receiver. I think he committed to SUU. Okay. Um, But he he was like the speedster that just burned everyone downfield. He had 13 receiving touchdowns last year. They do have Noah Careback, but, um, I mean, Austin Bell is like the guy for this offense. And then, to top it off, their defense is really, really, really good. good. I mean, you look at the guys that they have. Van Fillinger. Ben Fillinger, excuse me. Yeah. He's a Texas commit. Um Josh Wilson, Zach Wilson's younger brother. He has two pick sixes. He has yeah. a pick six in back to back weeks. He's going to BYU. Um yeah, they're just they're a really good team all around and Coach Kerr looks like he's gonna get his second um state championship in a row. Um yeah, so I don't
2: really good team in Corner Canyon, uh, so I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh,
1: I'm not worried about Bingham, but it feels like Bingham's kind of slowing down. I just don't know that there's talent at the hot, at, 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 like top level talent across the entire state that we've seen the same. Like, I think it's pretty spread out. If that makes sense, I don't think that mm. there are any super teams. Maybe outside of Corner Canyon, um, American Fork's really good. Lone Peak's defense is unbelievable as usual, but I don't know that there's like a super team. Aside from Corner Canyon, that's just going to run the table at any level.
2: Yeah, I mean we'll see. I just don't. It's I just. I was surprised that Bingham is like not the powerhouse that it used. Like,
1: yeah, I usually, mean a, a four you, touchdown loss is really surprising. It's for bad the for Bingham. Yeah.
0: No, you you get so used to seeing Bingham a certain way, and mm-hmm. I I was week one. I shot the Weber Bingham game, and I mean for a half it was a ball game. Yeah. I mean Bingham did not look like Bingham to me then I kind of chalked it up to week it's week one so maybe they look a little yeah you know but um that offensive line isn't nearly as good and they just don't have any playmakers Hmm. on their offense at least that's what I noticed when I was shooting them week one and from that game they just don't have anyone who you're scared of to be honest and the quarterback play isn't that great right now for Bingham and the things that they normally do, they're just not doing. Yeah. And I, I maybe it's just one of those years where there's some turnover and their guys just aren't the same, and then next year they're going to blow everyone away be and back. be undefeated again, sure. which is entirely possible. But, I mean, a down year for Bingham, what? They're going to lose maybe two games this season yeah. <laughs> and take a semifinal loss or a state championship loss. So, I mean, yeah. they they played... Corner Canyon, who is the best team in the state, who's a nationally ranked team, and they lost. They mm-hmm. got beat by the best team. I mean that that just kinda happens sometimes. It, they Corn might Canyon. not they might not lose again. Yeah.
1: So I will say this, um looking at some of their stats for some of their guys, they have a wide receiver, Isaiah Glasker, who has six catches on the year for five touchdowns, according to Deseret News.
0: <laughs> Six well, catches
1: for 127 yards he's and five very touchdowns. So with his catches, throw wow. the ball up to uh, Isaiah lasker if you uh, if you can. I think three Miners. of those came against Weber. That's right. Yes. Yep. He had three against Weber. Mm-hmm. Um, one against. Uh, I think they played West Jordan Week Two. Taylorsville, excuse me. One against Corner Canyon. So, um, yeah, the thing that's just Bingham's always been a great defensive team, and mm-hmm. they've just always had just enough to do it, get it done on offense with skill players. They, they're just a, a team that's always one in the trenches, but yeah, we're starting to see the the tide shift a little bit with... Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Corner Canyon is going to be a legitimate powerhouse like what we saw Alta do in the mid-2000s.
0: Yeah. Because um, that's what they've done, is they've come into that space and they're taking all the best players away from Alta.
1: And, and they're... They have a genius head coach. Mm-hmm. Eric Kerr is a brilliant offensive yeah. mind, and... Yes. Um. yeah, I'm excited to see what they're able to do. And honestly, in the the region that they're in, they're in Region 4, I would not be surprised if they ran the table against Pleasant Grove, Lone Peak, Sky Ridge, and American Fork. Wow. That would not be surprising. That is a stacked region right. that...
0: But not one of those teams, do you think, is in the same league as Corner Canyon right now? No. Not a one? I mean, maybe... Maybe Lone Peak can slow them down Lone a little bit. Lone Peak's the bit, one team that may surprise if, but people. But if they get down by 14 points, unless they get a pair of pick six, sixes, they can't overcome that. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, you mentioned earlier that you had Salem Hills Jewab. I
1: did. A pair of undefeated teams. They were. Uh, what uh, What did you think of your game? <laughs>
0: Sorry, it set football back about twenty-five years. <laughs>
1: well, that is what happens whenever you make it down to the south end of Utah County. You travel back uh, <laughs> in the DeLorean, going eighty-eight point two miles per hour.
0: I saw some serious stuff, as they say. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Juab and Salem Hills. What I can say about that is Salem Hills is uh, they're a good football team. Uh, they their quarterback Jared Elmer. He's a... I believe he's a junior this year. Um, they had to replace their quarterback from last year, and he's really good. He's really he's a really good playmaker. Uh, he makes a lot out of nothing sometimes, and they've got a good running back next to him, and I apologize because I'm horrible with names, and I'm horrible at recalling names, and I'm especially horrible at recalling names of high schools that I cover once a week for an entire season, so I apologize. Um to anyone who is from the Salem Hills area that is listening to this and is yelling at me right now. But do
1: their running back is also system? very good.
0: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. <laughs> they do. It's just a PA system throughout the town. Uh, but, no, they, they played really well. The defense was was really good. Uh, I mean, they shut out Juab, and to get a shutout, you have to be good. Yep. And that's the way they are. And Juab didn't look great. They only put together while I was there. Well, I mean, I stayed for the whole game, but there was only one drive and it was in the th- it was in the third quarter. They had a chance to cut it to 17 to 7 and actually make it a ball game and they went for it on fourth down, fourth and goal, and they dropped a- they dropped a touchdown pass. <sighs> he had it, the kid had it, and he dropped it. So, will Salem Hills be a force when the playoffs start? Um, based on what I saw, probably not, but you know, they they they're a really good football team. Mm-hmm. I don't it was hard to tell what Juab, I don't know if it was because they're playing up a classification, playing Salem Hills, that so they didn't look as good as their two previous wins would suggest. They did beat um, Spanish Fork, who was in did. the same classification. Yes. So.
1: It's crazy.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and then, like, Salem Hills beat Fremont the year, uh, week before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just,
1: like, High school football mind. sometimes really weird with it, it these gets really teams weird. that are, like, good but not, like, great the next yeah, like they, tier one they're teams just a, they're just
0: they're just a good football team salem hills is and i'm sure that juab is a good football team and being mm-hmm. a south summit graduate it pains me to say sentences like juab might be a good football team <laughs> but they used to be in our region our region when i was in Ugh. south summit it was spread all over the place well, i mean and it's no region 10
2: it's no region 10
0: no but what is uh sorry yeah, we used to we, you know, we used to go to juab we used to go to gunnison Oh. oh yes they yeah. were both in our and we used to go to grantsville all of them were in our region jeez it how far no is sense.
1: camas to gunnison too far oh, that like, says gunnison colorado that's a seven hour drive apparently
0: <laughs> i don't think it's much less than that at least it never felt like that uh two hours and 12 minutes oh god Ugh. but on a bus i feel like it's four hours yeah it's yeah. probably
1: three hours on a bus mm-hmm. Can you imagine going home after your game how about like a basketball game in the middle of the winter Ugh, it's awful oh okay it's awful I- I'm I did, very sorry I, for your As much as a I loved my friends yeah. on the basketball
0: team, I did not travel with them to support them on the Gunnison it's, road trips. I
1: Meanwhile, Hem and I are like playing 5A, like, hey, I well, that bus ride over to American Fort sure does suck. <laughs> it's like we get spoiled in, if you're in a valley, basically. I, I would like, I remember complaining about having to, uh, <laughs> one time our bus broke down and we had to drive our own personal vehicles to Lone Peak High School. I was yeah. like, wow, this sucks. The <laughs> furthest it's po- like a 12 minute drive.
2: <laughs> the furthest drive we ever had was uh, from View to Fremont. So Plain City seemed really far to us, but it's really not that bad.
1: And I remember like we used to have a the Viewmont Classic wrestling tournament when mm-hmm. I wrestled in high school. It was so far that we would stay overnight <laughs> from Pleasant Grove <laughs> to South bountiful. We would get a hotel room. That's funny. Part of that did have to do with the winter conditions and the sure. tournament did get done very late at night. So they didn't want to drive back late, but still it's very laughable to think about that. That was like something that our coaches were concerned about back in the day. Um, it had to be like
0: three-plus hours for us to spend the night anywhere. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Gross. Again,
0: Basically, if we went to St. George, then we could spend the night <laughs> everywhere a else. Budgets, we were coming back.
1: Two-way uh, athletic department budgets. Matt, you're a trooper, man. Um, but uh, for the last game that uh, any of us shot, covered, whatever, uh, I was down in uh, Timpview. Timpview versus Provo, we mentioned it. Timpview has a 30-year winning streak, 29 games over those 30 years. Um, just an absolutely dominating performance over the Bulldogs. And this year was the best chance that Provo's had in a while to uh, make a case to beat the Thunderbirds. Tim, or Provo coming to the game 2-0, Timpview 0-2. Um, I will say this, Timpview may, aside from Orem, be the best 0-2 team in the state. And it's because of their defense. Um, they have... I think, if I count right, I think they have six guys with D1 offers mm. with only two or three of those guys being seniors. I that think it's only right. two of those guys being seniors. Uh, Logan Follow, Logan Peely, Raider DeMuni, um, Richardson. Um, sorry if I'm forgetting anyone else, but those are like the main guys that like come to mind off the top of it. So- Sione Moa, he's mm-hmm. a stud. He may have killed someone um, in the game. Just absolutely de a wide receiver uh, on a crossing route. But anyway, um, it was a defensive struggle. Provo's defense is legit. Provo's a very good team. um, And they're missing their best player. Drayson Havaya hurt. I I believe he had a season-ending knee injury before the season started. Mm -hmm. They're without their best player who plays uh, outside linebacker and running back. He's a BYU commit. And they're without him. And so that makes a big difference in what Provo will be able to accomplish this year. But this game was great. Lived up to the billing, like everything you want from a rivalry game. The students brought it, like there were chants back and forth, like mm-hmm. overrated. Uh, bird hunt, like <laughs> there, like there were signs everywhere, like signage everywhere. It was so good. Yeah. It was fun. Um, I'm enjoyed covering Timpview. Uh, I'm a, unofficially the Timpview beat writer not for KSL Sports.com. Com. Wow. Yes, and if I was not going to Tennessee.
0: You, this, you probably this week, would have went to Timpview, I was yes. already
1: assigned to
0: Uh for
1: their Saturday <laughs> game against Kahuku, so...
0: Um, well, it's just I know that you don't like driving long distances, you know, being down there in Utah County. Yeah. And so, you know, I, you know... I, I, because I'm complaining, I mean, I'm going to get, get sent up, up to, like, Bear Pleasant River. i Garland <laughs> or something <laughs>
1: like that next week.
2: Matt's have like, fun covering see if you complain again yes. now,
0: Zach. Yep. Bear River beat writer. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but... um. Yeah, you know, Timview is a really good team, um, and and they're fun to watch. Just that defense is really fun, um, even though they did get lit up last week by American Fork. Um, but it, it, I, I'm I'm really excited for the 5A classification, and one of the biggest surprises out of the 5A classification before we get to our game night live game of the week, Olympus, who is a favorite to win the 5A yeah. t- title got beat by Kearns. Kearns of all teams. Kearns. Kearns, who won its first playoff game in 25 years last year. Kearns, who has had kids transfer in and out of K-Town mm-hmm. for the last 35 years. Kearns has only produced like two Division One football players in the last 15 years. Went on the road and beat Olympus with a pick six from Jeff Baza. I mean, what a performance. I mean, Olympus has Scotty Edwards, Isaiah Fatasi on the other end, like some of the best talent locally in the state. And uh, it, it lived up to the hype. I think Kearns won the final was 26-21. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. yeah. That's what it was.
1: And so I know Isaiah Fatasi is both of your guys' boys. Mm-hmm. Emma mm. loves him for the Polynesianness, name. and uh, And <laughs> Matt loves that he's a Utah State, I think, commit.
0: Or is he just an offeree? Mm. Utah State's the only team that's offered him. Though. I think it's only an offer. I don't yeah. think he's committed yet. Okay, did but he commit? T- I want. The, I just want to see committed. We can
2: all agree. I well, to uh, Google that. They're the best Cougars in the state right now.
0: Yes, Town. Yes, they are. <laughs> I would actually like to see that game. <laughs> Isaiah that would, would
1: be very interesting. Rush for. Uh, he is months. committed to Utah State. Yep. Wow. So that's a good get. It's a great get. Yes. He's he may be the most underrated prospect in the state. He's in such my a opinion. dynamic playmaker. Um he can do it all. Uh yeah. in all facets of the game. Um but let's go ahead and jump to our game night live game of the week. Uh Roy versus Fremont. Mm-hmm. The we opening game of uh region one. Yes, we picked a good one for actually no, I guess that Springville Dixie game was pretty good. It was. It
0: was it was good and it wasn't good all at the same time. Yeah, that's
1: what happens when you go down to Springville. Springville's <laughs> still runs like this weird modified like triple option offense yeah. but yeah. with like
0: a lot of passing but yeah but they were also run it like out of a pro formation most of the time and so yeah. it doesn't look like it's a triple options yeah it's they're a strange team to watch
1: yeah i did cover springville a lot last year i was the unofficial beat writer for <laughs> springville last year but um i'm making my way north it's uh, just
0: something you have to do when you when you work here oh i know there was like a two year stretch during the Confensus years, where I'm pretty sure I shot 10-plus Jordan games. Oh, like, I knew everything about the Jordan offense. There were times. digger beat. Bigger, and beat. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> beat-digger beat. The beat-digger beat. Bigger, beat. Um, I'm not exaggerating. I knew what play they were running oh, most wow. of the time.
1: Because <laughs> they had, awesome. like—
0: they only had this is the thing about that team they had like four plays that they'd always run yeah and yeah. a lot and of it was just executed just dictated. Yeah, yeah they just executed yeah. because we they had one of the best athletes yeah. in the state and so and they hit they had a ton of talent around him and so they'd line up and be like and i could just get ready and so i'd always shoot them well i was never faked out because I was like, oh okay <laughs> they're doing this so i can just zoom in right oh, here and i can cool. have that's it that's
1: awesome yes <laughs> that's pretty cool um
0: but I am not complaining. Regardless yeah. of what anyone out there thinks, I am not complaining. <laughs> it's I do... actually fun. Like when you get the same team over and over again, like it's fun to go to high schools, but it's like you become familiar with the team. And you yeah.
1: enjoy watching these kids and you kind of Yeah. You're supposed to remain unbiased, but you kind of find yourself like, Hey, you know, I hope that this player has a good game or like does something cool because yeah. I like what he does, Targy Lamson's that player for me this year. Oh yeah, no one knows about Targy Lamson except for the BYU coaching staff because they offered him last year as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. But I got this secret down at Provo, and it's Targy Lamson. And this <laughs> dude is like this physical, explosive running back. I mean, he he's. He's so dynamic and he's so good, but like his offensive line isn't great. So he's just like running through like three or four defenders like every single run, spinning off them, bouncing, putting his hand down like when he's like about to get his knee down. He's a lot of fun to watch. I enjoy watching him, but let's get to the Fremont Roy game. Enough about Tempview. Who cares about the Thunderbirds? They're one and two. I care, but <laughs> aside from me, I, everyone's sick of me talking about them. Uh, Fremont Roy. Uh, Fribon was looking for its first one of the season. Major disappointment so far this year was Fribon. Yeah, Freebunt. I'm
0: shocked they're 0-3. Yeah. Absolutely. Considering the talent, some of the talent they brought back. They
1: were pretty close to making it to the semifinals last year. They lost in the quarterfinal round to um, one team from uh, Pleasant Grove, Region mm-hmm. 4. Um, but, alas, a uh, lot of expectations for this year, especially with a realigned Region 1. They returned their quarterback and a couple other key playmakers. Um, but Roy moves up a classification, makes a big statement win. Um, they scored 20 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to get the win. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive.
2: Uh, it, is, yeah. it is impressive. But then you think, I mean, it's not less impressive, but their their head coach is great. He's a great coach. And so, Freddie Fernandez. Freddie Fernandez. Yes, for those uh, who don't know. Yeah, and it, it, you have a coach like that, it doesn't matter what kids you have in your program. You'll have a well-run offense. You'll have a pretty solid defense and that's just what roy's got this year
0: few people know how to get the best out of the kids he has mm-hmm. more than freddie fernandez does no matter where he goes no matter what situation he's turned s- multiple schools into winners i mean the the fact that he's turned roy high who was a joke for ever since jim mcmahon graduated yeah. basically into what they are now i mean they've com- they've been competitive every year he's mm-hmm. been there i mean it's not like Roy has a lot of talent to pull from where they are, right. but somehow, in some way, he finds these guys. He finds these playmakers, and uh, it, he always puts together a strong football team. That's that's always going to be in it. And this year's team, I've because I shot them because I did Bingham Weber, and then I went and watched uh, and shot uh, Roy West Jordan, and they were up, they were up ten nothing in the fourth quarter when i got there and then all of a sudden they just scored 14 straight points oh my gosh just just crazy and see teams that score points late like that mm-hmm. who are able to figure it out yeah you know that does say something about coaching but that's also the kind of team i like to look at when postseason comes around because Mm -hmm. that means they know how to win. Mm -hmm. That means they know what they need to do late in games in order to get it done. And that was pretty evident against Fremont.
1: Yeah. And they do, uh, they do get a lot of help from their third year starter quarterback, Jackson dart, who, Mm -hmm. um, when you have a guy like him, he's a playmaker. He he throws one of the best balls in the state. Mm -hmm. Um, it was twenty-three for thirty for two hundred sixty-seven yards and two touchdowns.
0: Cade, what's his last name? Harris. Harris. Yeah, that's what it is. Yep. Yeah. Shifty. Both went to Cade Harris really, in the fourth yes.
1: uh, fourth quarter. Versatile. Versatile. Ten receptions yeah. for one hundred sixty-three yards. That's impressive. Yeah, it's really impressive. He's a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of other great players, just one last guy that we want to highlight: Bryson Barnes. Bryson oh, Barnes. Yeah. Okay, you guys have heard me for two years, just rant about Bryson Barnes. Okay, this kid scored nine touchdowns. <laughs> not he had just as against many the two-way as Utah
0: has wins against BYU. Yes. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> he didn't just do it against some 2 a school because he plays at Milford, which is 2 a Milford. He did it against Ogden. Yes, four-way, I know one-a that you Yes, one A last year. One A was obliterated this year. So right. they just get slid up to two A.
0: They're kicking the crap out of teams. Ogden, who
1: was four A. I get that Ogden's not a great program. But, but it's to still- go in and beat someone who should be three classifications above you, yeah, is incredible. And to do it with nine touchdowns, scoring fifty-eight points, Jeez. oh my goodness! I mean, and he scored. I he threw for five, ran for four, um, ran eighteen times for one hundred fifty-eight yards, uh, thirty twenty-three completions for three hundred sixty-four yards, no interceptions. He's He's a stud. He, Like I've said several times, if you listen to this podcast week in and week out and you stay for the high school coverage, he would start at any 6A school Absolutely. except for Corner Canyon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it would be a quarterback competition there. It would. And even if he wasn't the starting quarterback, they would put him on the field yeah, somehow. Yeah, they would find a way yeah. to get him yes, on the field. He would start in some other position. Mm-hmm.
1: He's that athletic. He's, I mean, he's like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, like, he's not just some... Tough farmer, tough kid that is like 5'10 and right, you know, he's not like a Britton Covey with farm boy strength, like, he's a legit athlete that should play at the next he's level. He's got
0: the body of a every local college should offer this kid, mm-hmm. sure, every single one of them. Yeah, Utah, right. BYU, Utah State, were State. Somebody needs to get him. And this very, kid cannot leave the state,
2: it's insane. And in the very first game of the year, I remember you told me, Zach, you're like, Bryson Barnes, watch that kid and i went up to south summit and i watched him beat
1: the defending, defending champion champion
2: yeah not by himself but like easily you know mm-hmm. he could throw he could run it was crazy and it's something special that people should watch out for for sure
1: i agree with that um but i think that's what we have for prep football uh to put a bow on it do we want to talk any pop culture Have you guys been uh watching any watching anything lately i know that we haven't really had too much time this week we no anytime <laughs> okay i'm sorry um, um you know i will say taylor this Swift came out kay. with an album okay <laughs> i've been waiting to talk about this <laughs> i've been waiting till after the rivalry game to even tweet we about, about it from i Milford still
0: football to taylor swift
1: yes we did and it's it's going to go <laughs> incredibly because this is taylor swift's best album matt is wow. shaking his head I'm a big I stan Taylor Swift in case you guys don't know.
0: Okay? Well, no, I am not shaking my hand because you stand Taylor shit. I mean, I mean you you desecrate the 1989 album like that? How dare you? How it's dare you? Bad, How you? Lover, dare you. Lover is better <laughs> than 1989. It has
1: better hits. Her singles sucked on this okay, album you're fired by the way now. Her singles sucked so on well. this album.
2: But the rest are good.
1: But let me tell you, The Man is the best song that Taylor Swift has ever released, okay? It's an it's a feminism anthem. Oh, God. and then it's great like okay. regardless of your politics and how you feel about women's rights it's a good catchy song that she is on point because if she or any other female pop star were a male they wouldn't be scrutinized the way they are <laughs> okay but um i also really enjoy um i forgot that you existed super catchy like super catchy it's the number it's the first song on the album really good and just everything else is really good. Uh um Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, um Lover, The Archer. I am okay, a I'm gonna big listen fan this of this album tonight. I'm a big fan of this album guys. I I haven't listened to podcasts for like <laughs> a week because I've been listening <laughs> to this podcast during my com- or listening to this album during my commute. It's a big deal for me because I I subscribe to like 20 plus podcasts. Right. I don't have time to not listen to podcasts. But I'm listening to this Taylor Swift album. It's dang good, um, and uh, a lot of people agree with me. A lot of people are saying that this is her best album, and I I was a big fan in 1989. I thought that um, I thought that her last album, and I I'm forgetting the name off the top of my head, was not good. I
0: can't I can't remember what it's it was too called
1: late. Either. It's 1:30 in the morning. I um, can't
0: recall these things. And to be honest, I don't have an opinion because I don't think I've heard any of the new songs. For Reputation this album yet.
1: Reputation was not oh, a great right. album. Had a couple good hits, but uh I'd say Lover, nineteen eighty nine, Red, um, and Speak Now are her four best albums. In that order. Um Yeah, really good. Um London Boy also, great song. <laughs> Features Idris Elba. Yes. What? Features oh, Idris well, Elba. He's a, DJ. he's a DJ. I forgot about Well, that. he also, um, she sampled Just... something when he was on like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or something oh, like what? that. Uh-oh. And so like the first line that's spoken is Idris Elba on, on the line. Her co-star in Cats, which I'm not looking forward to. <laughs> it looks awful. Mr.
0: Mistafelis. I still think it's a joke. It's not a joke. Oh, it's gosh. happening. It's pure nightmare fuel.
2: Oh, man. Um.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I don't really even like the movie. musical, and then I saw the movie trailer. Yeah, I, was like, oh, I don't either. It was kind of no. horrifying.
2: Who's like who's a
1: cats fan? I can't think of anybody.
0: I, well, so uh, I
1: actually you know who's a big fan of cats is Mike Leach. In case you haven't oh seen his Twitter, God. he's like, <laughs> "Why does everyone hate cats?" Like he just, like went on this huge rant and then just tweeted out all these that videos of me, actually. cats
0: doing weird things. I think he'd probably be into this movie. <laughs> See, I would like to watch the movie with Mike Leach. If I had the opportunity to watch that movie with Mike Leach, I have an idea for Pac-12 Media Day next year. Oh, my gosh. That's a great idea.
1: You gave me an idea. Yes. I would do anything with
2: Mike Leach, actually, to be honest.
1: Yeah. I'd love to float the Provo River with uh,
0: Mike Leach. Yeah, he could tell you. He, he probably has some theories. Like the flora <laughs> and fauna mm-hmm. that like are
1: like hanging above the river as you float down. Now, you may not know, but anyway. We're in my Starbucks. Okay, <laughs> uh, I think this she podcast is gone sideways. <laughs> We've been going for uh, one hour and 30 oh my seconds. Uh, or oh, 59 I, minutes and 30 seconds, excuse me.
0: I thought you were going to say one hour and 30 minutes. I was like, I what? <laughs> time, time flies by it?
1: when you're having fun. Um, but yeah, I think that's everything that we have for tonight. Uh, movie, the movie segment of um, Sports Beat After Hours is put on hold until after the football season.
2: Until <laughs> we actually watch a
1: movie. Also, we'll be talking NFL next Sunday, so yeah, we, we have will. that to look forward to. Yep. We so, will indeed.
2: Uh, yeah. Let's go home. I'm super All tired. Right. Thanks right. for coming me on, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you, thanks Matt, for man. sticking around. Download, um, rate, review the Scotsman podcast. Yes. yes. Five-star reviews
1: c- only, even though it's a four-star podcast. I yes. really appreciate it. <laughs> it's a five-star podcast. All do that with ours. The original After Hours production from KSL. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, and good night, everybody.